You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears are in for another potential shootout on Sunday, facing another hot quarterback and another struggling defense with the Houston Texans. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Locked On Bears is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. On the show today, it's another edition of Crossover Thursday, this time with our friends Cody Davis and John Hickman from Locked on Texans, giving us the local expertise on what's been going on with Deshaun Watson and a lot of struggles surrounding him. We'll explore how that Texans offense has been so productive in the passing game and what the loss of Will Fuller will do for their chances on Sunday, as well as how they've struggled so much on defense and where they could be most vulnerable for this Bears team to attack. We don't get too many crossover Thursdays with a pair of hosts from one of our fellow Locked On podcasts, so let's get right to it. Welcome into this Crossover Thursday edition, Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears, here with the hosts of Locked On Texans, Cody Davis and John Hickman. And I, you know, I, I imagine the broadcast and everything leading up to this game will focus a lot on Trubisky versus Deshaun Watson. I don't really want to spend any time hammering that point over and over again, but I do want to start with this Texans offense in particular. Because you can, you know, you look at the stats, even just the box score real quick, and you see that they're throwing the ball really well. I mean, they're among the league leaders in a lot of passing categories. Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller both have quite a few passing yards. And I'm curious, from your guys' perspective, when you look at the offense as a whole, has has the passing game really been as stellar as the numbers look? Or have some has some of this been a little bit inflated by... The Texans' defense struggling and getting into a lot of these shootouts where they need Deshaun Watson to pass for 400 yards to stay in the game. Well, I think it's a very great, very great question, first of all, but it's uh, hand in hand, right? I mean, yes, the defense is terrible, but in the last three games, we look at our defense who've played uh, great moments, have great moments. Defensive play caller, uh, DC Anthony Weaver has called great games defensively going back to what they were able to do in New England. And so that kicked off their first two game winning streak that got their first back to back win. And so the defense has struggled for majority of the year, but I think if we're going to look at the entirety of what the offense really is, because there's no, there's no balance. We cannot run the ball. So the ball is in Deshaun Watson's hand more, but we weren't really able to, 
run the ball that effectively last year. We just had a better running back and our offensive line was better. And so Carlos Hyde was able to rush for over a thousand yards for the first time in his career. But we still threw the ball significantly more than we ran the ball. And Deshaun Watson had great numbers. He also had a great number one receiver. He doesn't have that this year. And when we thought we was on, on our way to something, then Will Fuller gets bust for PDs. He is this entire offense. And the passing game has been prolific. When, when Will Fuller was on the field, he was Deshaun Watson's go-to closer in the third and fourth quarter. When Brandon Cooks had Will Fuller on the other side, he was the go-to receiver in the first and second quarter, especially in the first quarter alone. And so Watson's ability to get everybody involved and you never really know who's going to be that receiver to have a big game. Like Brandon Cooks was available this past Sunday. We lost that heartbreaker in Indy. But Kiki QT and Chad Hansen had over 100 yards. Chad Hansen, who hadn't played a down with Deshaun Watson, had over 100 yards. So he uses his ability. He's gotten much better at this, scanning the field. His pocket presence has gotten better. And he's finding guys in order to get bigger chunk of plays. This offense has been amazing because of the passing game and the lack of running game. But to your point, the defense has been bad overall. Yeah, Cody, what has been the issue in the running game? I think, you know, from the outside, we think of David Johnson as a, a good running back from his time in Arizona. I know his availability has been kind of up and down there for a little bit. And behind him, you know, Duke Johnson's not a, a number one back, but a guy who's had some production in the league. How much do you blame on the running back talent versus the offensive line that I know they've tried to make some efforts to improve, but maybe hasn't quite gotten as much better as they would have wanted? But that's the problem. David Johnson is not a good running back here in Houston. And I I don't want to sound mean, but David Johnson just has not been good. And first, first and foremost, one of the problems I have with Johnson, he it's like as soon as you touch him, he does not know how to pick up extra yards versus Duke Johnson. When those three to four games when David Johnson wasn't in, in the lineup, Duke Johnson showcased the ability to be able to get extra yardage after the tackle. David Johnson does not possess that, that skill set. And we go back and forth here on Locked On Texans on who is the number one, what, what is the number one issue of the Texans not having a good run game this year? Is it the offensive line or is it because the, of the lack of talent in the backfield? I'm going to say it's the lack of talent because is the offensive line a, a great line for a running back to, to run behind? No, not by far. But I always say this. Carlos Hyde, as John just alluded to, Carlos Hyde rushed for a thousand yards last year, which was by far his career best. And I will make the argument that he actually ran behind a weakened offensive line because Titus Howell wasn't there. I believe Titus Howell only played six to eight games as a rookie before he went down with an ACL tear. This year, Titus Howell has been phenomenal. You have Laramie Tunsil. I get the interior is not that great, but there is no reason for David Johnson to be as bad. And look, Johnson said to himself, he it seemed like he was blame, blaming his 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 lack of production on the offensive line. But I'm looking at it from a standpoint. Look, the talent that you showcase in Arizona, and I'm not just talking about the one year where he was arguably the best running back in the game, but the talents that he showcased in Arizona, I don't know what happened, but it did not translate here in Houston. Um, once again, I, I get it that the offensive line is not that good, but 
David Johnson is just not that great as a running back. And I'm very frustrated looking at David Johnson. I'm to the point I hate to see him trot out on the field. (laughs) I would much rather Duke Johnson be our starting running back. Duke isn't that much better, but he has shown the ability to be a little bit more productive than what we are getting from David Johnson. And it also doesn't help the reason why David Johnson is here and we look what's going on in Arizona. It just make it a little bit more worse. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's there's a lot of frustration that surrounds this team and Bears fans are no stranger to that this season. And we'll get into some of those frustrations as well as still where the Texans are struggling defensively next on Locked On Bears. I'm one of the seemingly few Americans that doesn't drink coffee. But like everybody, I need a little caffeine every once in a while to kind of break through my wall when you feel kind of sluggish in the middle of the afternoon. And I'm so glad the same folks that make the delicious Built Bars have come out with a new energy gel called Built Go. It's the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy isn't fake. It's lasting and natural because Built Go is loaded up with beta alanine, vitamin B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Plus, with 17 grams of collagen protein, it gets into your system fast, it's easy on the stomach, and it helps you feel full longer. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. I've had all three. You can't go wrong with any of them, but I'll tell you what, if you mix them in with your protein shake, it just adds that little something extra to it to get you through the rest of your day. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Again, it is crossover Thursday here on Locked on Bears, joined by... Cody Davis and John Hickman from Locked On Texans. And you look over the last few games, really since the bye week, they've won three out of the last five. And even that defense that struggled so poorly early on hasn't given up more than 26 points in a game since that bye week. John, you touched on it a little bit in terms of some defensive improvement. Do you have any sense of what the difference has been or, or what has led to some of this success lately that maybe wasn't there earlier in the season? Yeah, I think the simplification of the defense has worked tremendous, has worked uh, wonders for who we have on defense. Like, let's look, let's take a look at the Chicago Bears. You guys have all pros on your team. You got Akeem Nix, who, I mean, Hicks, who's one of my favorite interior defensive linemen in the league right now. He's just so good. You have Aaron, not Aaron Donald, you have Khalil Mack, and then your secondary is stout as well. And so going into – uh, this this season, you guys were expected to be carried by your defense. Can I say that's correct? A fair statement? Absolutely. And so going into our season this year, we lost DJ Reader. Uh, we're losing pieces. Uh, guys are not coming back healthy. Gary Conley has not played a game this year. And so, and on top of that, now Anthony Weaver is in his first year of being a full D.C., and so we were expecting bumps in the road, and we didn't have we didn't have studs at positions where we struggled at, right? We look at the front four, JJY has gotten old, and we see that, and he doesn't have 
a Robin on the other side that at times can be a Batman for JJ, at least early on. Our linebacker core was, was you know, playing in shambles. And our secondary is, we know what it is. It's bad. It's beyond bad. But in the last three games, the simplification of what they wanted to do has really helped this defense play much better. I want to go back to a simple quote of Anthony Weavers um, at the beginning of this season. And it was, he wants to have more exotic packages. Well, we don't have the players for exotic packages. We didn't have the players for exotic schemes and looks. And with that being said, everything's simple. They know what they do. They know what they need to do. They go to their positions and they play better. The tackling has been better. The confidence has been better. But I think bringing everything down to earth and making it easier for players to understand so they can get a groove, maybe it may be late, but it's that's why. Everything is simple for this defense, and it shows. I mean, we had a shutout against Indy. They did not score in the second half. Look what we did to the, the to the Lions. Very great defensive performance performances in the last three weeks, going back to New England. Yeah, it's interesting how the Texans' defense is, is really trending up in that positive direction, while at the same time this Bears' defense is coming off of its two worst games of the season back-to-back the last two games. We'll dive a little bit more into what's going on with this Bears defense and everything else about this game coming up on Sunday. As we flip the script here and have Cody and John ask me questions about the Bears. You know, Lauren, where are the Bears, right? And I know that may seem like a maybe a simple question to ask, but I think it's a a question that everybody wants to know, especially Houston fans that – may not have a clue about what the Bears have going on in Chicago, but where are they? They don't, they don't know where they are. That's, (laughs) that's, I think the problem, right? Uh, They, they've lost six games in a row. They're in free fall and they're just trying to stop falling at some point. I mean, they're just, you know, they've tried to clutch, scratch and claw their way to win in Detroit. They blew that at the end of that game. They were embarrassed by the green Bay Packers the week before that. And they're really running out of answers. And it's to the point now where everyone can pretty much assume that head coach Matt Nagy is going to be fired at the end of the season. Everyone is expecting the general manager, Ryan Pace, to also be fired at the end of this year. And that it's going to be a time for kind of cleaning house, moving on from the Mitch Trubisky era and regime and kind of tear some things down a little bit and maybe have to go into a full-scale rebuild as you look for your next quarterback and new identity for what this team's going to look like. Lauren? What went wrong with the Nick Foles experience? Because when the Bears started five and one, I believe Foles started what four of those four out of the first six games, and he was playing some pretty f- good football for Chicago. I know he got hurt, but why are we seeing this quarterback? I, I, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. But what is going on? What happened with the Nick Foles experience? Yeah, this Bears season has been weird. I mean, in many ways, but specifically with the back and forth of these quarterbacks. So, you know, week one, week two, Mitch Trubisky starts. The Bears are okay, but pull out some some victories. And then week three against Atlanta, they find themselves behind in the fourth quarter. They switch to Nick Foles, and Foles makes the comeback victory and takes over the starting job. And, like, for those first three games, the Bears' offensive line was playing pretty well. The running game was playing pretty well. The receivers were doing their job. And it felt like the quarterback play just wasn't good enough. And so Matt Nagy said, all right, in order for this team to go to the next level, we need better quarterback play. Let's go to Nick Foles. And it seemed like not long after Nick Foles goes in the game, 
and starts taking over this starting job, the offensive line starts having some injuries, and then there was a COVID outbreak among some offensive linemen, and so they were starting rookie seventh-round picks and undrafted free agents on the offensive line, so the pass protection fell off the map. And along with that, the running game completely fell off the map, so you kind of had Nick Foles a little bit on his own in that regard, and, and there were some build up in terms of trying to get on the same page with his new receivers and you know trying to make sure that he was comfortable in this offense having not had a, a real offseason at all to work with it there was always going to be some of that ramping up and a learning curve there but it's kind of like just as Foles came in everything else around him really deteriorated and he's a quarterback that needs a strong supporting cast like if you build a good team around him he can take a team like the Eagles to the Super Bowl but if he doesn't have those players around him he can't necessarily elevate everyone else to a higher level and so he was kind of caught up with a lot of other things collapsing around him and not really being able to play up to the standard that we have seen from him in the past then he gets hurt Trubisky comes back in and it has been okay and then you know they stuck with Trubisky now even though Foles is healthy again because Trubisky has historically had a lot of success against the Detroit Lions he did have a pretty good game last week but still can't win but it does feel like they're starting to get a little bit better offensive line play and a little bit better of a running game that could support a quarterback like Nick Foles if the Bears do end up at some point making a change back. But I think they're going to ride out with Trubisky as long as they can. Really, I think the bigger question for me and this Bears team at this point is what's going to happen on the other side of the ball? We kind of know what this Bears offense is, but we only thought we knew what the defense was. So up next on the podcast... We'll go a little bit in-depth on the Bears' lack of pass rush and the recent struggles in the secondary. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Bears. I don't like how quickly this NFL season is flying by, even though it's a strange COVID year where we can't get any fans in the stands and we all have to watch football from home. But don't worry. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. You can still create that same game day atmosphere at home on the couch, get the flat screen TV and the surround sound going, and crack open an ice cold Pepsi and it'll feel just like you're in the stands. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, what is, has been going on with Khalil Mack? You know, it seems like he has digressed almost every single season from the high pedestal that he was riding on during his days with the Oakland Raiders, especially this year, given the fact that he has only recorded, I believe, five and a half to six sacks so far this season. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a mystery, but for me, he's very low on the list of issues with this defense, right? He, he has not been able to convert the sacks and that, that, and finishing, I think has been his big weakness this year. And over the last couple of seasons, he's still been able to get some decent pressure on the quarterbacks and get some of that penetration. But sometimes he gets a little bit out of position in that regard. And his teammates haven't been there to sort of clean up the damage that he, you know, when he kind of breaks free and breaks down the offensive line, somebody else should be able to then get free and bring the quarterback down. And they haven't really had anybody else to do so. So you know, he's still playing 
uh, at a really high level in run defense, a, a great edge defender to be able to set the edge and redirect running backs back inside. The pass rushing has been a little bit disappointing. And, you know, if he wasn't the highest paid player on defense on this team and one of the highest paid players in the NFL, I don't think there'd be too many complaints because he's still, he's still doing a lot of very good things. But for this Bears defense, a lot of the issue has been Every the other pass rushers, you know, the compliments, kind of like what you're seeing with J.J. Watt in Houston, where Mac's been been all right, but he can't really do it by himself. And Hicks has been a little bit disappointing. He's been injured and in and out of the lineup. And particularly the other edge rusher, Robert Quinn, was their big free agent signing this year from Dallas. He had spent some time with the Rams before that. He was supposed to be a big upgrade over Leonard Floyd at the edge rusher spot, and he has been a complete bust and non-factor in any way, shape, or form as a pass rusher. And if you don't mind really quick, what's the outlook on the Bears secondary? Because, look, when you go up against the Houston Texans, like I mentioned in the other segment, we don't have much of a run game. But with Deshaun Watson on our team, we're going to attack the opposing team through the air a lot. So what's the outlook on the Bears secondary? Yeah, they they got more exposed last week against Matthew Stafford than I think anyone was expecting. For the most part, it's been a strong year for the secondary, but the last two games, Stafford and, and Aaron Rodgers before that have challenged them, I think, in some new ways. So, you know, you got Kyle Fuller on one side. He's, he's kind of been a, a consistent, solid rock that they can rely on. He gave up a, a big touchdown, one kind of 50-yard play last week. It was a kind of a blip on the radar. He's otherwise been really solid all season. The other outside cornerback is their rookie second-round pick, Jalen Johnson, who has been impressive for a second-round pick, but is starting to look more and more like a rookie, you know, making some of those mistakes the last couple of weeks and just a little bit more vulnerable. So I would certainly expect the Texans to look there. But the big weakness on the back end for the Bears has been the middle of the field. The slot cornerback buster screen has been particularly vulnerable, and then the linebackers, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford have just been eating them up alive these last two games. Any kind of deep crossing route over the middle of the field, underneath stuff to tight ends, the Bears have given up quite a bit of yards to tight ends this season. That's where opposing offenses have found success. You know, Eddie Jackson and Tashawn Gibson, the former Texan, have been pretty solid at safety. It's not necessarily like the deep shots over the middle of the field, you know, 40 yards downfield, but it's that intermediate range, you know, 10 to 25 yards where you're still underneath the deep safety, but really kind of challenging those linebackers and slot defenders. That's where the Texans should be able to find a lot of their success more so than on the outside against the cornerbacks. I think when we look at what we have here in Houston, our struggles on offense, no, our struggles on defense rather, but the prolific offense that we've had this year, not prolific really to say, but the prolific play of Deshaun Watson compared to the lackluster play of quarterback in, in Chicago, the defense starting to break down. And honestly, I can understand because they've carried this team throughout the entire year, really for the last two years. If you plug maybe like Jared Goff into that quarterback system, um, you may take that team to the Super Bowl. Uh, but with that being said, what are your predictions for Sunday's game? Boy, you know, it's like after six straight losses, you feel like eventually they're going to get one, right? I mean, they can't keep losing over and over again, but the Lions were supposed to be that game where it's like, ah, oh, it's Detroit. They just fired their head coach, and the Bears have, had been 4-0 and against Matt Patricia's Detroit Lions. So in theory, you know, even though he's gone, it's still the same team. They were supposed to win that game, and they were in control for a lot of that game, and they found a new way to blow it at the very end. So... There's not a lot of reason for Bears fans to be super confident in beating the Texans, especially with how good Deshaun Watson is playing. I think he's going to be able to move the ball against this Bears defense, particularly over the middle of the field like we talked about, and they don't really need to be able to run the ball. 
and the Bears, I think, will be able to keep them in a little bit of a shootout, but I don't think it'll be enough to overcome just how well Watson has been playing, and I, I think the Texans will win it, but it'll still be a close one. The Bears will put up more points than I think some Bears fans might be expecting, but I don't know that this defense is going to be able to all of a sudden get back to what it's been able to do against yet another really high-quality quarterback. I totally agree with that statement. I think um, we will have – I think this will be a rejuvenation game for your defense um, because I think your front four defensively will have a field day with our offensive line. And I think your linebackers will be able to flow and affect the game tremendously. And then on top of that, that secondary may have a very nice outing uh, with the with the loss of Will Fuller and Chad Hansen going back to the practice squad. Still don't know who's going to be able to make plays consistently for this revolving door at wide receiver that we have now and the lack of our running, our running game. And so I think your defense will be able to keep control of that. But I still think overall your offense is too bad. I don't trust either quarterback. Uh, Allen Robinson, who, who the Chicago Bear fans love Allen Robinson. But I'm sorry to say he will be gone soon. He's a dynamic receiver who knows he's great and just wants to show it. I think Houston wins this game uh, 21-18. And I may be giving you guys too many points, but I'm going to go with <laughs> 21-18. It's hard for me to pick a winner, you know, Chicago. I was I was hearing a running joke that they were the worst five and one team of all time. And now we're starting to see that that statement was true. And then here in Houston, we just don't have enough weapons. You know, the loss of Will Fuller, the loss of Bradley Roby, our secondary has been terrible. I honestly don't know who has the upper hand in this matchup, but because you guys are not playing Nick the Goat Foles. I'm going to have to go with the Houston Texans and say Texans 27, Chicago Bears 21. Yeah, that, that scoreline feels about right where I think I would be, too. You know, Not going to be more than a touchdown victory, but I think both teams will hit 20 points. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And the reason why I, I say Nick to go Foles, I am a huge believer in Nick Foles. I believe he never had a fair opportunity, and he should still be in Philadelphia, and that's good for the Eagles. Because that is why they're going through their own quarterback fiasco. But hey. <laughs> Thanks again to Cody Davis and John Hickman from Locked On Texans for joining us on this Crossover Thursday edition of the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Bears so you're keeping up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. If you want more information straight from the local experts on the Bears' opponent this week, go check out Locked On Texans. Cody and John do a great job. They've got great chemistry as well. I think you could hear some of that in our conversation there, but especially when the two of them can just kind of go back and forth on Texans football, it really is some fun stuff. So I encourage you to check them out if you want some more on what's going on with Houston. I encourage you to tune back in tomorrow as we put together a game plan for this Bears team to finally end the losing streak, slow down Deshaun Watson a little bit, and put up plenty of points against this Houston Texans defense. And before you know it, Monday will be here. We'll be recapping the game and getting ready to do it all over again because the season is winding down, and we're going to miss these Bears football Sundays when they're gone, even as the team has trended in such a downward direction. It's still the football we love and crave all off season long. So make sure you still make some time to bear down. <laughs>